Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword new song. And now, check out our message of the week. We're going to talk about a a very, very important subject this morning um, in the series that we're calling The Bridge, and it's about relationships. And I I want want you to read at the top of your sermon notes, and then I'll explain a little bit about what's going on today. Relationships consist of two or more people struggling with sin, trying to live together in unity. Let that sink in. Relationships consist of two or more people, all of which, both of which, are struggling with sin, trying to live together in unity. And you know that to be true if you're married, amen? Struggling with sin, because when you're married, you want the best for the marriage, but let's face it, both of you struggle with sin, Both of you struggle with the flesh. Both of you struggle with letting your emotions get away from you. And yet you want to live together in unity. I mean, that's what you want. You wouldn't have gotten married had you not wanted to live together in unity. So what happens is um, people come together. They're hoping for the best. They want the best. Then sin comes in. And um, and I tell you, sometimes uh, friendships, relationships, they hurt, don't they? I remember this kid in, in, a, in my youth ministry, now going back probably uh, 18 to 20 years ago. His name was Alan McCune, and he might even be listening to this uh, podcast right now. Alan McCune was this incredible teenager uh, in which uh, he, he was, came into the youth group about 14 years old, stayed all the way through high school, and, and uh, it came time for him to buy his very first Car and he had been working for it and saving up his money and uh, he he decided to go out and and get a Dodge Caravan. You think what is that kid thinking? Like, and not only did he get a Dodge Caravan, he got the one with like the fake wood on the side. I mean, like, and you know that was when caravans just had the the one door. You know, the old model. I'm talking about like one of the first models that came out of minivans and. And the sole purpose that he got this minivan was because he was so passionate about Jesus and so evangelistic in nature. He just wanted to have a car that he could bring all of his friends from school to youth groups so that they could accept Christ. And he started a Bible study in his high school. And I'm telling you, this kid made a difference. And he was one of my heroes. In fact, everybody, he would load up that minivan. In fact, sometimes he would have another friend drive a vehicle because they couldn't all fit in the minivan and sometimes, if they didn't have another car, they would fit in the minivan illegally because there were so many kids, and he would bring them to youth group, and, and uh, I'm telling you some great memories. But uh, he, he, was one of my, he was one of my favorites because this guy got it. He just got it. And, uh, and really, I, I knew that there was a call in his life um, in ministry. And um, one day, Alan, Alan McCune <laughs> decided uh, to give me a high five. He says, hey, P-, he called me PJ. This is like a lot of people do here. Hey, PJ, give me a high five. So I stuck up my hand. And unknown to me, he had an open stapler in his hand. And he smacked it on my hand. Well, guess what happened? I had a staple in my hand. And that, that smarts everybody. It's, it's not fun. 
And he didn't mean to do it, and he felt awful about it. He was actually just thought he was playing around, but even when people are playing around, they can still hurt you, right? They can still hurt you. In fact, I tell people this all the time. Um, there, there is seriousness in almost every joke. So it, especially sarcastic remarks. If, if somebody comes in and you say, hey, nice hair, <laughs> and everybody laughs, what are you going to do? You're going to go to the mirror. You're going to go look in the mirror like, okay, I know he was just joking, but truth of the matter is, you know this to be true. There's seriousness, especially in sarcastic jokes. Everybody, everybody notice that? So not, not only do outsiders hurt you, but your closest friends, in fact, your, the love of your life is going to hurt you at some point. Can I tell you that there's some stories in the Bible in, in which uh, even David, King David was hurt. He was offended at God, at God. So not only the, 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 the friends that we have, not, not only the ones that are not even friends, not just the friends, not just our spouse or our children, but sometimes even God hurts us, God offends us, or so you would think, so you would think. And I'm going to teach you today about offenses, about being offended. And I want, to, I want to say this, that there was a lot of things that happened in 2018, and my wife, can tell you, my wife and I can tell you about multiple situations right here at New Song with families here at New Song that they were just offended with one another. They were offended at work. They were offended at school. They were just deeply offended. And we, we've told you this before, but, but in 2018, we really had a, and I'm just going to tell you honestly, because that's who I am, there was a weapon that was formed against New Song Community Church, and, and it, was a, it was a, you know the Bible says that there are weapons formed against us, but they don't have to prosper, right? Like the devil has schemes, you know that, right? He has schemes, he has a way to attack not only people, but he has a way to attack churches. And, and, and the staff and I, the pastoral staff, all of the elders, we all agreed that there was not just a spirit of unrest here at the church, but there was a spirit of offense that was targeting not just this church, but, but families and, and, and members of this church. And, and, and I really prayed. I was going to just attack it at that moment, and I really sensed in my heart that, hey, we're going to get the staff around. We're going to get the elders there. We're going to pray because this is a spiritual attack. Words aren't going to change this. Sometimes the kingdom of God is not a matter of talking. It is a matter of power. And, 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 and what power do we have? We have power in the, in the authority and the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? So I knew that there was a, a point that I was going to talk about this, but I knew that at that, that, that point it wasn't the time to talk. It was time to pray. It was time to, to focus, to seek the kingdom of God. But we're going to talk about it today, just a spirit of offense and I'm going to tell you something because uh, everybody has a worldview. Everybody in this room, you, you are being trained uh, by media. You've, you're being trained by politics. You're being trained by friends. You're being trained by coworkers how to think in life. And you might not even know you're being trained, but you're being trained. Like people are putting things inside of your head, and you have to filter whether it's the truth or not. And there is something happening in our world today that I just want to expose. This is a, a trick of, of the devil that's happening in our society today. And, and the trick is this, the scheme is this, or the weapon against our society is this. Our current society is one that actually celebrates offenses. Now, I'm going to explain this to you. 
and I'm going to prove it to you, and there's not going to be one person in this room that walks out and disagrees with me because it's going to be so obvious once I explain it to you. When somebody in our society, especially either in the media or in, in, in the, the fake movie star world in Hollywood, if you're offended, you need to stand up and say something that you're offended. And when you're offended about something and you say, I'm offended, all of a sudden, as they tweet those things, their, their, their Twitter account is going to light up with other people saying, yeah, I'm offended too. I'm offended too. I think you're exactly right. I've been sick of that too. I've been hurt by that too. And everybody comes around together and says, oh, we've all been offended. It's true. It's true. Like when, when somebody is up, think about this, everybody. All you have to do is watch the news for a little while. When, when somebody is offended at somebody else, it goes viral. It goes viral. It spreads across the nation. And then all these people are going to tie onto that, tag onto that, and say, yeah, I'm offended too. Yeah, I can't stand that either. Yeah, I'm, I'm so shocked that blah, 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 blah. See, when I'm offended, I'm going to celebrate the fact that I'm offended because they're wrong and I'm right. Think about it. I'll tell you this, if you pay attention to this, just think lately what's happening in Virginia. Just, just that one state alone. Something comes out, yep, it was stupid, yep, it was wrong. Somebody gets offended, and then everybody celebrates the offense. You're like, well, he, he was wrong. That's not what we're talking about. People are stupid. People are going to do stupid things. Does that mean that I'm going to celebrate offense? No, 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 no. In fact, the Bible says, don't you do that. Don't do it. It's the wrong way to live life. And yet we are living in a society that's pushing people to celebrate offense, to celebrate somebody pointing their finger at somebody else and saying, well, you're wrong. That we celebrate, what we're doing is we're celebrating pain. We're celebrating hurt. We're, we're celebrating things that just should never be celebrated. We're honoring things that should never be honored. How many, just by a show of hands, you know what I'm saying and you fully agree with me? Okay, I just needed your support in that. I just needed to know that you got that. That's the society that we're living in. And if you're not careful, you're not only going to be offended but if you're not careful, you'll start celebrating your offenses. And that's doubly bad. I don't even know if that's a word. Doubly bad? I think it is. Doubly bad. There you go. Can we look at some scripture today? Mark chapter 11, verse 25 is where we're going to start. And I'm going to hit these Colossians, then Ephesians, then Matthew. They're in your sermon notes. They're not spelled out for you, but they're, they're, the references are there. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, Mark eleven twenty five 25 says, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Colossians three thirteen. bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
Ephesians 4, 31, 32, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Matthew 6, 14 and 15, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not, whoa, this is pretty big. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And you either have two reactions to that. You either have a reaction that says, no, I I understand that. And I want to forgive. And I've chosen a life of forgiveness. Or your other, the other secondary reaction is, but it wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault. And I deserve to be angry. They hurt me. So why do I have to forgive somebody who hurt me? Why do I have to forgive somebody who purposely hurt me? Because odds are you've not only been hurt, you've not only been wounded, you've not only taken offense, but somebody did it on purpose. Have you ever said anything to your spouse on purpose just because you knew it was going to hurt? Like you've hurt me, so I'll tell you what I really think. And then all of a sudden, a wound is there. So your one response to that portion of Scripture is either, I get that, I understand it, or else, but Justin, you don't understand. But God, you don't understand. I didn't do anything wrong. They're the ones that did something wrong. And if you say in your heart that you deserve to be angry, if you're living your life saying, I deserve to be angry, I deserve to be offended, can I tell you something that's going to happen in your life? You will live a terrible life. You will live a terrible life when you defend the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, or the offense that you have taken, you will live a terrible life, and the one that you're hurting is actually you. That's the one you're hurting. And in fact, can I be even more bold? You're not just hurting you. You're hurting your spouse. You're hurting your children. You're hurting your extended family. You're hurting your coworkers. You're hurting everybody around you. Because sin, when it comes to sin, there is a ripple effect. And When somebody is in sin... It's like throwing a rock into a pond and the ripples go all the way out. What are you going to do with the offense that you've taken, with the bitterness that you won't let go of? What are you going to do with that? See, this is a a serious topic, isn't it? And we got to talk about this. I want you to go back to your sermon notes here, and uh, right above the letter A is, is a blank space, and I want you to put the word scandalon in there. That's the Greek word for offense, scandalon. And of course, it's where we get the root word scandal. And it literally means the trigger of a trap or a snare. Even the trigger of a trap would also, um, would also convey the note of a bait, bait. Uh, uh, it, would, it would be taking the bait and being snared by it, scandalon. Uh, taking the bait and being snared by it, scandal on. That's the word for offense. So when you are offended, you've actually taken the enemy's bait. It's not God's bait. I promise you that. It's not godly bait. 
It's the enemy's bait. And the one who is trapped is not the person who hurt you. The one who, who is trapped is actually you. It's actually you. Now I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. Letter A, write this down. My offense is a snare from the enemy to actually trap me. To actually trap me. And no doubt, all of us, all of us are going to be offended at some point. All of us are going to be offended at some point. Let it be, though, my reaction to the pain reveals my heart's condition. My reaction to the pain, my reaction to the offense, my reaction to the scandal, my reaction to to bitterness or to anger, that actually reveals the condition of my heart. So however you react to the offense reveals what's inside of you. And if you, and if you have, have not let go, if you've not let go of an offense, if you are, are remaining embittered or living in unforgiveness, it's actually revealing the condition of your heart, not of their heart. Well, they need to repent. They need to say, I'm sorry. Well, we're not talking about them today. I'm not talking about them today. I'm talking about you today. Because your response is your responsibility. And one thing I found out in this life, I can't respond for them. I can only respond for me. Everybody see that? I'm responsible for my response. And whatever my response, that reveals my heart's true condition. Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience, and it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Let, let me say it like this. When you overlook an offense... You make God clap. It is to one's glory. It, it, it is to one's honor. It's to one. It, it's when you overlook an offense, God is looking at you and he's applauding your reaction to the offense. You know, for uh, uh, my, my wife, she, she loves um, uh, going to plays and and like especially like Broadway style stuff, she just really enjoys that. And and actually, as a music major, I kind of enjoy it too because musically, it's it's really some good stuff. Although I'm still a guy, okay. So so not all of it is appealing to me, but I do like great music. And so um, I, I told my wife, I said, hey, when Lay Miz comes to South Bend, I'm, I'm gonna go take you to see Lay Miz. Um, it's it's just a, a great play, and I've I've seen it and she's seen it, but we just thought, hey, that'd be a fun date night, you know, type of thing. And, and what happens at the end is all these singers and actors, they come out and they receive their applause. Uh, they, they come out and everybody is giving them, every time, a standing ovation. It is their glory. It's their glory. It's when people look at them and say, wow, well done, well done. Well, how many, want God, how many of you want God to say that about you? Say, well done. Well done, you did not fall into the trap. You were not baited into the snare. You just released it. Well done, well done. You can make God applaud you with the right reaction. And we need to have the right reaction. Let me tell you what forgiveness is not, because a lot of people are still saying, yeah, but they, yeah, but they, yeah, but they did this, and they said this, and they hurt me, and I told them I would never forgive them for that. Well, let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not based on feelings. 
And I'm going to go through these very quickly. Forgiveness is not based upon feelings. Just because somebody, just because you're forgiving somebody doesn't mean the pain's not real. I've been hurt. I've been wounded. You know who, you know who have hurt me the worst? Christians. You know who've hurt me, I mean, really the worst? Mature Christians. I thought they knew better. And when I think back at some scenarios in my life, it still hurts. I can't look back at those things and smile. No, that was painful. But I've forgiven them. Forgiveness is not based upon feelings. So if you say, well, I'll never feel that way towards them again. Okay, we're not going to start there. I don't care about that. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is not, number two, justifying or even understanding the offense. Because a lot of people do that. When they're offended, all of a sudden, in order to to compensate for the offense, well, well, they start defending the person that actually hurt them. They start defending the person that actually hurt them. And and sometimes when I'm counseling people in my office, I I look at them and say, listen, there's there's no defense for that. You cannot justify that sin. And I know you think the way that you're going to get around this is making an excuse for them, but that's not the way. That's definitely not the healthy way to get around this because what they did, there's no excuse for. And so when I forgive somebody, I'm not justifying the offense. I'm not defending what they've done. Number three, forgiveness is not forgetting the offense, just trusting time to take care of it. Well, I'm just going to let that go, and over the course of time, I'm sure I will forgive them. No, that's not what forgiveness really is. Don't worry, I'm going to teach you what forgiveness is, but that's not it. Forgiveness is not a matter of, well, I'm just going to give that time. Now, there are times where you need to back away and take a little bit of time to gather yourself and let the Holy Spirit work in their life. That, that is true. But forgiveness is not just expecting time to take care of it. Forgiveness, true forgiveness, is when we ask God to take care of us. Not time. Number four, forgiveness is not denying that it was truly hurtful. It's not denying that it was truly hurtful. It's not based on your feelings. So now I'm going to teach you, because you, you know that you've been hurt. You know that you've been wounded. You know that you have taken an offense. And that's, isn't that interesting? That, that, that word scandalon means bait or trap or snare. And we use that all the time, don't we? That, that, same, that same verbiage, we'll, we'll say something like, well, don't take offense at this. Don't take offense at what, if you're about to say something like this, says, don't take offense at what I'm about to say, maybe you ought not to say it. But don't we say that? Oh, I took offense at that. I took, I took the bait. I was the one ensnared. And there's a better way to live life, everybody. In fact, Luke 6, uh, 27 is where we're going to start. Can, can, I, can I tell you something about this, first of all? If you say, but, but pastor, it's still not fair. Can I just go on a little trail here just for 30 seconds and tell you that, that fairness is unrealistic. Get fair out of your mind. Fairness is just unrealistic. Not, every, not everybody's going to treat you fairly. And can I be honest with you? There are times in your life that you haven't treated people fairly either. 
So just take that out and just say, you know what, that, that's not an excuse. Fairness is not, it's, it's just not realistic. It's not realistic. Just take that out. That's not an excuse anymore. I'm removing that excuse from you, okay? Luke 6, 27 says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you and bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Now, we're going to come back to that in a second. I'm going to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 21. And I want you to hear what's being said because we're going to end this portion of Scripture on a very unique verse that probably every one of you who knows this verse is taken out of context. So let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 17. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. Like, just don't do that. If they're bad to you, don't be bad to them. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Let me say it this way. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of even the one who offended you. Isn't he or she in everyone? Okay. If it is possible, like sometimes they make it where it's not possible, but if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You know how many conversations I have not had because of that one verse? Where my wife has said, hey, what are you going to do about that? Nothing. I'm not going to do anything. Why? Well, the Bible says, as far as it depends on me, I have to live at peace with everyone. So if if I go down that road, that is not going to create peace. But God is, the Bible says, by the way, that blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the ones who just say, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm not going to create division. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. And I'm going to let God defend me. Boy, that's good stuff right there. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. I think we, I just said this. But leave room for God's wrath. I'm going to let God defend me. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, now here's the context of this verse. I want you to pay attention. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So my wife and I, who grew up in church, um, uh, both of us did. We, we have, have literally been around the word of God the entirety of our lives. And I'm 45 years old now. I've been around the word of God the entirety of my life. And, and I'll, I'll tell you something, all the time I hear that verse abused. Well, you just do good to them, and then there's going to be heaping, burning coals on their head. Arr. Like, oh, God, I'll get them. You know what, I'm going to do, I'm just going to be nice to you so God can make you pay. You know, like, can I tell you something? Because in your flesh, you're going to have that thought. That is not the context of that verse. In fact, a lot of you don't even know what that verse means. I'm going to explain what that means. That this, this terminology is actually a blacksmith's terminology. And you already know where I'm going. Like when, you, when somebody's hungry, they have offended you, they have hurt you, and you feed them anyway. They're thirsty, and you give them something to drink anyway. 
And you be nice to the one who has wounded you, who has hurt you. The Bible says you'll heap coals, burning coals upon their head. You know what that means? It means in, in their anger, in their hurt, it, that, because hurt people actually hurt people. You know that, right? So they have been hardened. That's why they did what they did to you. They have been hardened. But when you're nice to people, it's like putting burning coals upon their head. And what has been hardened all of a sudden becomes malleable, like a blacksmith. And God can start softening that steel. And what was once hardened becomes, becomes soft, becomes malleable, and is changed. So they stop doing what they've been doing. They stop being who they've been. They will be changed by an act of God in their life. See, it's not about getting them back, everybody. It's not about getting them back and making them suffer. No, it's about them changing according to the power and the glory of God at work in their life. That's what it's about. And you have to get to a point in your life saying, you know what, this person has offended me, but I don't want to hurt them. I just want God to change them. And I want God to change me. So God, let my, let my reaction be a godly reaction. And I pray, Father, as I continue to serve them, that you work in their life. And that through the course of time, that that hardness in their life will be gone. And they will be changed into a new creation. For, not only for your glory, but for their benefit and for the benefit of others. You see how it is? See, that's an act of love. That's not an act of payback. But how many of you read that verse and said, oh, there's, there's payback right there. Oh, that's going to hurt them. That's not what that verse is about. It's just not. I, I, um, some of the hardest things I've ever done in my life And, and this is symbolic here, but some of the hardest things I've ever done in my life has been feeding people who have hurt me. Pastors get hurt. Pastors get hurt. In ministry, we get hurt. People sometimes say things that are just very hurtful to a pastor. Some people you, you can serve for 10 years. I'm just being honest with you. Some people, not only you can, but I have, served for 10 years. And I was there. When they went through trouble, I was there. When they had a death in the family, I was there. When they were sick, I was there. When they needed counsel, I was there. But then all of a sudden, one day, they are in your face about something that they don't like. Oh, if I let it, those things would be offensive to me. In fact, if you want to know the truth, they are offensive to me at times. I have just made a choice in my life. I will not take the bait. 
I will not take that bait. I will not be entrapped by that. And I love them anyway. I apologize even though I've done nothing. Sometimes people have spoken poorly about one of the staff members here. The staff member is completely innocent. And I'd have to go to the staff member and say, listen, I don't care what happens. I'll be loyal to you. You have not done anything. And you're great in my books. And I will be their defender. But as, as that goes as well, there are times where I will tell that staff member, you know what, the best course of action right here, because as far as it depends on us, we need to live at peace with everybody. I just want you to apologize. And you know what? There's not one time that one of my staff members said no. How many think we have a great staff here at New Song? We have a great staff. They're very teachable. They, they, I'm telling you guys, we, we own up to things that we don't have to own up to. Why? Because we refuse to take the bait of offense. We refuse to do that. Sometimes those people will keep coming back, and they've wounded us, and they've hurt us, and they'll keep coming back, and guess what I have to do every Sunday? Guess what I get to do every Sunday? I'm feeding them the Word of God as if they've never done a thing to me. And in doing so, I'm asking the Lord, Lord, change me, and I'm also asking the Lord, change them. And that, everybody, is a great way to handle that. In fact, can I tell you, some of, the most, some of the most offended people in this nation are pastors who have been offended by their flock, who have been attacked by their flock. That should never be. And I'm so proud of you, New Song, because in all of my years, that has happened. But it is, it is rare here. It is not very often. You guys are like the best church in the entire world. And I hear stories that I think I had it bad. I thought, wow, that was a rough go of it for a little while. That was really, that was really tough. And then I meet other pastors and think, whoa, man, I had one person attack me. I didn't have 50. But did you know that there are, there are, there are people out there that are ganging up on their pastors and attacking their pastors? And pastors leave the ministry all of the time because they have been wounded by the very people that they were called to love. I'm telling you, it's an issue, isn't it? Offense, it's an issue, and we have to talk about that. Because it's, not, it's a trap that the devil is setting for every believer across the globe. It's a trap that he sets for everyone. In fact, there's one author called it, an offense is the bait of Satan. In fact, one said, his biggest bait is offense. And I don't know that I disagree. The one who truly forgives. Are you ready for this? The one who truly forgives, number one, responds in love, prayer, and blessings. Responds in love, prayer, and blessings. That's why Luke 6 says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Remember, remember everybody, that your reaction to pain reveals your heart's condition. And your first reaction to pain, your first reaction to offense or to a wound is to respond in love, prayer, and blessing. Love, prayer, and blessing. I've told this story before, 
But I'll say it again. One of the greatest wounds in my entire life happened when I was in ministry. And this is, this is going back now um, right at 20 years. In fact, it'll be 20 years ago in March, 20 year, two decades ago this March. And I remember it like it was yesterday. So hurtful to me. And I was wounded by a, a board member in that church who just verbally attacked me in front of others. And that night I wept and wept and cried myself to sleep. I was so wounded. And I thought, this is exactly, this is exactly what I never wanted to see in my life. This is one of the reasons as a teenager I grew up saying, I don't ever want to go into ministry because people always mistreat the one who's living for their good. It's just true. Now that doesn't always happen, but it happens. And I knew it happened because I saw my mom and dad go through that. And I didn't want to go through that the rest of my life. But what scared me more wasn't being hurt by people. What scared me more was rebelling against the call of God. And so I went into ministry. How many think that's why it's not to rebel against the call of God, all right? And I, I, saw, I saw and I still see God supernaturally took care of my parents. And they could tell you stories, everybody. That night when I was wounded and I thought, this is exactly why, God, that I didn't want to go into this. I lay there in my bed and I'm crying and my wife doesn't know what to say. She's just holding me. And then she whispered, she said, what are you going to do? I said, well, we've got to pray. And I started praying and I just spoke a blessing over that person that had said those words. From the very get-go, I just spoke a blessing over him because I knew that verse. The Lord says to bless my enemies, to bless those who curse me. So I spoke a blessing, and nothing inside of me wanted him to do that that night. you got to know something. Everything inside of me wanted to punch him in the face. And then some. How, how many know what I'm talking about? You've been there too, right? I'm human, right? You know that. Oh, did I just want to just smack the living tar out of him. But I chose to bless him, and the Lord honored me for that. The Lord, the Lord protected my heart. And, and actually, everybody, look what I would have missed out on. If I left the ministry, look what I would have missed out on. Oh, and I was that close, everybody, that close to taking the bait. But I chose to do something. I, I chose to respond in love and in blessings and prayer. Number two, you got you, you to gotta refuse to hurt others. That's why Romans 12, I read it to you. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. You got to refuse to hurt others. So, okay, you've been wounded. Don't look for ways, don't look for ways to hurt them. New song, look for ways to bless them. Look for ways to bless them. Look for ways to bless them. Now, I, I'm going I'm to say something here. We're talking about offenses. We are not talking about sexual abuse. And if you have been sexually abused or physically abused, can I tell you something? You're still going to have to live a life of forgiveness. But, but your road to freedom is going to look a little bit differently. I'm, I'm not talking about that level of offense. Everybody see that, right? I, I'm not talking about that level of offense. Although I don't think you should hurt anybody, by the way. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I want to put this in context. So you got to respond to love, prayer, and blessings. you got to refuse to hurt others. So yeah, they've wounded you with their words. Are you supposed to respond with hateful words? The obvious answer is no. Don't repay anyone evil for evil. 
So however they mistreated you, don't return, don't return the favor, everybody, because you won't be doing yourself a favor. That's when you'll get caught in that scandal. You'll get caught in the trap. Number three, you need to rely on God's help to cancel the debt. The one who truly forgives relies on God's help to cancel the debt. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us. He forgave us. This is about forgiveness. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So we need to rely on God's help to cancel the debt. So somebody has offended you, and you say to yourself in the flesh, well, I'll forgive them as soon as they apologize. Can I tell you something? That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness says, forgiveness is a choice that says, you don't owe me anything. I cancel the debt. See, if you live your life saying, well, I'll forgive them as, as, as long as they apologize. Well, in your mind, they still owe you something. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is canceling the debt. Aren't you glad Jesus canceled your debt? And he said, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it or achieve it. I cancel the debt. You don't owe me anything. And to that, we respond, thank you, Father. I love you. You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? So you need to rely on God's help just to cancel the debt. Live your life saying, they don't owe me anything. I don't expect anything from them. I'm going to love them as if they never did a thing to me. That's how I'm going to handle this situation. And I promise you, over the course of time, God will bring healing. He will. It'll come in unique ways, but he'll bring healing. Number four, you need to realize that forgiveness is risky. The one who truly forgives you, you realize that forgiveness is risky. Matthew 18, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And you know, and I always say, okay, well, I need to be really forgiving, really forgiving. Really. Yes, that is what that verse is saying. Like, no matter how many times somebody's hurt you, you need to forgive them every single time, yeah, every single time. But I, can, I, can I tell you something behind that? It also tells you that forgiveness is risky. That the same person that you've already forgiven might wound you again. And by the way, they might wound you after that, and after that, and after that. And you have to live a life of forgiveness, because forgiveness, <laughs> it's risky. R risky is in, not that you can't do it, because with God's help, you will, and you can. But, but don't be naive. Just because one problem is solved, doesn't th don't, don't think that you're never going to be hurt by that person again. Married people. <laughs> right? Because we, we, I mean, think about it. You solve lots of things. You're, st you're, you're still married because you've solved some things in your life. Does that mean you'll never be hurt by them again? No. It just means the next time you're hurt, you're going to have to be ready to forgive them again. The older you get, by the way, the more you're not surprised when somebody hurts you. <laughs> Am I telling the truth, all of you older people? We're not surprised anymore. Number five. 
the one who truly forgives resolves to live a life of mercy. And I'm ending with this, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back, and then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Watch this, everybody. Verse 36, you might want to memorize this. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. How is your Father merciful? How is your Father merciful? He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. That's what the Bible just said. He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Now, new song, be kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be kind to them. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. Let me say, let me tell you why. Because we are his children and we are called to be a reflection of our heavenly Father in this world. And if he is merciful, then we have to reflect his mercy. If he is loving, we have to reflect his love. If he is gracious, and he is, we have to reflect his graciousness. Everybody see that? Listen, if he is long-suffering, guess what we have to reflect? We have to be long-suffering. You see how that works? We are a reflection of our heavenly Father. So be merciful, new song, as our heavenly Father is merciful. And don't, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Every single one of you have been offended at some point. If you're in a trap and you don't know how to get out, I'm going to pray that God will release you right now. I believe he can do that right now, supernaturally. If you're in a trap and you say, you know what, Pastor, I've been in a trap for years. I've just been embittered. I'm holding unforgiveness in my heart. And I know what the Bible says. And I don't like those verses. That kind of scares me. And I need to talk to somebody about it. Can I tell you, that's why we're here. All you have to do is ask. That's, That's why your small group is there. When you get plugged into a small group, Go to your small group leader and say, hey, listen, I've got an issue. Can we talk about it? Can I meet you for coffee sometime and talk about it? That's what we're here for, everybody, to help you. So expose it. Remember, darkness is no longer powerful when it's it's exposed to the light. One of the greatest things that you could ever do in your life is to confess your sins one to another. God forgives, but he uses people to bring healing. And we want to help you. All you have to do is ask. If you've been deeply offended, deeply wounded, we have a counselor on staff that's free for all regular attenders here at New Song. All you have to do is ask, and we'll connect you with him as soon as we can. And if he's not available, then we got other pastors that can help. But if you're in a trap, I'm going to pray that God would just release you from that right now. And and I want to end with just a, a final statement here. And and this is something that came from my wife a long time ago now, and I'm I'm sure she probably took it from Joyce Meyer or somebody like that. I don't know. But she made her small group memorize this little phrase, and, and this is my own kind of verbiage, so maybe this isn't exactly how they worded it, but but I think it'd be well of us just to walk around saying something like, I am hard to offend and I quickly forgive. I'm hard to offend and I quickly forgive. 
No, no doubt, people are going to offend you. You need some thick skin in your life. And, and can, I, can I tell you something? There might be a time that I'll offend you. I don't ever know what's going to come out of my mouth sometimes. You, you, you know what? The worst, the worst day of a pastor's week? Sunday afternoon. When he realizes what he should have said and what he should not have said. There's no pastor that I know of that doesn't go home and, and, and just sit there analyzing what they said and think, man, I should not have said that. That was so dumb. I don't know why I said that. It happens every Sunday for me. Every Sunday. You might say, wow, that was a great Sunday. Not to me. I'm going to go home and say, oh, man. Can, can I tell you something? At, at some point, I'm probably going to offend you. Can you just have thick skin? Can, can you just say, you know what? I am difficult to offend, and I am quick to forgive. And just know that I'm living for your good, that I want the very best for you, and sometimes I get it wrong. Can you just offer forgiveness for that? Sometimes my staff, they might get it wrong. Can you just be forgiving? Sometimes your parents, teenagers, are going to get it wrong. Can you just forgive them? Older people, sometimes your parents are going to get it wrong. Some parents, I've heard stories about some of your parents. They are hateful sometimes, aren't they? Can you just, can you just be, can you just be difficult to offend and quick to forgive? Isn't that the way that God wants us to live life? I just want to encourage you in that. I know we've taken extra time here today, but this is such an important issue, New Song. I mean, this is like utmost important of importance here. I'm telling you, it's huge. It's huge. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Let's reflect Him in the earth. And if you need help, we're here for you. But I'm going to pray right now under the Spirit's leading, under the Spirit's guidance, that there's going to be some people you have been ensnared in, in a scandal, in, in an offense, and you've been trapped by it. And I believe that, that that there's some chains that are going to fall this morning. There's some snares that are going to come off of you right now. I, but I want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. Let's get ready to receive what the Lord would have for us. Just ignore the clock for a moment. Don't let, don't let this service end without the Holy Spirit doing what he wants to do. With, with nobody looking around, I know this is a... This is a there's some people who are just offended. You've just been hurt, and it has caused wounds. And some, some of you are like, well, I think we came to a conclusion, and yeah, we talked it out, and, but I'm still hurt. And others are saying, no, I haven't talked it out at all, and they don't even know. Or they know, but we just haven't resolved it. I don't care what stage you're at. If you find yourself in a snare this morning, you have been involved in a satanic scandal and you are entrapped, and you're ready to be free. I believe the Spirit of the Lord is right here, right now, to do something miraculous in your life. I want you to hold up your hands really high if that's you. Nobody looking around. Everybody, just keep your eyes down. This is a private moment. And, and, and right where you are is the altar, okay? You're making right where you are. This is the altar. It's going to happen right now in your life. I truly believe that. Mature believers, people of faith, would you, would you agree with me in prayer? 
Would you just believe with me in prayer? Let's bathe this place in prayer. Oh God, you see the traps. You see the pain. You see the unforgiveness. You see the bitterness. You see everything. There's nothing that escapes you. And your people need to be free. Oh God, your children, they need to be free. And right now, according to your word and according to your will, I declare freedom in the name of Jesus. Let your kingdom come. Your power, your authority, your rule. And break every chain of the enemy. We declare in the name of Jesus something that we often declare, but it is in your word. It's something that we are meant to declare. Father, that these weapons that have been formed against us will not prosper. But they will fall lifeless to the ground right now according to your will and according to your word. And according to the fact that it is for freedom that we have been set free. We are never meant to walk in bondage. We are never meant to be ensnared. We are free by the power of our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, our Savior. By the power of precious Holy Spirit, we are free. And we take that freedom now. We receive it now in Jesus' name. We will no longer think thoughts of evil. We would no longer think thoughts of bitterness. But we will think thoughts that are good and pleasing. And we will act now in good and pleasing ways to you, Father. And we bless those who have hurt us. Come on, new song, if that's you. You know who's hurt you. Speak a blessing over them. Father, I bless those who have hurt me. I bless that one who has spoken harshly to me, who has wounded me. I bless them that they would become malleable, that they would be changed by your power. I bless them with a heart of repentance and a heart of love. I bless them with every good and perfect thing that you have for their life. I bless them today, Father. Heal them, I pray, Lord, as you heal me. And I thank you for doing it. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody just look up here for a second. This is a huge issue. Huge issue. Some of you found it very difficult to bless your enemies. Now, you know, you know me. I don't get like this very often. This is a God moment. I need you to listen to me. If you have been wounded, if you have been trapped in the snare of unforgiveness and bitterness, every single day, 
I want you to pray for that one who has hurt you and bless them. Bless them. Speak a blessing over them. And when you do that, God will bring healing to your life. I'm telling you this under under the utterance of the Holy Spirit. I, I truly believe that. As you bless them, God will heal you. God will heal you. That's a word from the Lord. How many believe that the Lord still speaks to us today? I believe that's a word from the Lord for us. And I learned that long. I'm living proof that when you bless somebody, that God will actually heal you. You know that person that has wounded me far more than any other person has ever wounded me. I have seen that person multiple times and I harbor no bitterness towards them. It's still painful when I think about it, but I don't love them any less than I love, than, than I, than I love everyone else. I don't love them any less because God healed me. And I believe he healed me because I started blessing them immediately. That God will do the same for you. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, yes or no? How many knows your pastor loves you? I'm saying these things. I'm just confronting. Listen, everybody, today was a day of confronting the enemy. And we just did that in the house of the Lord. Did that in a very life-giving way. And I, I did that. I said those things because I love you, because I love New Song. And I want God's very best for us, don't you? And we're going to receive his very, very best as we live in love and live in unity. We're going to receive his very, very best. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.